Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you have joined Calvary Live. I want to welcome you to today's program. I am Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. And for the next hour, I will be taking your questions and prayer requests. There are two ways that I can do that. You can call in and uh, be on the air and on the program 303-690-3000 for you to be able to ask a question or give your prayer requests. And I encourage you, as we have open lines right now, grab one of those open lines and let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk uh, and go to the Word of God. Uh, Let's look to God's Word for counsel. If you have any questions your Bible reading has brought up or maybe perhaps a teaching that you heard, if I can bring some clarity and understanding, I would uh, do my best to do that. I'd love to be able to do that. And so give me a call at 303-690-3000. There's a second way you can do that as well. Uh, There's a dedicated line for texting, and that number is 720-336-0897. So the call and be on the air, uh, 303-690-3000, as most of you know. And uh, if you're new to Calvary Live, I want to encourage you, be a part of the program. This is your show. You, the caller, calling in, asking questions, giving prayer requests. Not only are we here to answer your questions, but to, to, you know, lift up your prayers to the Lord. We all need prayer, and if you need prayer for anything, please uh, give me a call. I'd love to pray with you and encourage you in any way that I can. And then the text line is for texting only at 720-336-336. 0897. Well, I pray that you're having a blessed beginning of the week as it's Monday, and I'd uh, love to be able to to uh, uh, cont- just add to that blessing to you. Uh, I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range, uh, 101.7 in Southern Colorado and Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs. Love to hear from you guys uh, down there in Southern Colorado. And then also all along the Front Range at 89.7 from Castle Rock up into southern Wyoming. Uh, It's a powerful signal up there here, so uh, give me a call. Uh, Those of you listening on Grace FM, we are live today. And then we also welcome the Hope FM uh, radio network listeners on the East Coast, as well as Truth FM in Tennessee, Kentucky, and North Carolina and we would welcome you to call in as well. That number will work at 303-690-3000. Hey, I'd love to hear from you guys at Truth FM. I haven't received a call yet since you've joined us for Calvary Live uh, in Tennessee, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Heard you had some weather yesterday, some tornadoes that broke out in your area. I don't know if they uh, cover the listening area, but we'd love to pray for you and uh, and uh, with you and give me a call. Love to hear from you guys from Truth FM in Tennessee, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Well, we see that the phone lines are starting to ring. Let's go to line one to Christopher in Parker. Christopher? Hello. Yes. How are you? Very well, and you, sir? 
I'm doing good. Good, good. Um, so my question is in um, John chapter 3, verse 13. I came across a verse that says, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. And I believe the, I'm reading the King James, but um, the New King James says, That is, you know, except for basically the Son of Man, which is in heaven, referring to Jesus. Um, so, I, in my reading, I kind of, I know that uh, Enoch and Elijah didn't yeah. die. So, then I went into First Corinthians, which, um, let's see, First Corinthians chapter... 15, verse uh-huh. uh, 51 and 52, which says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be ra- raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And then I believe that this is the same event that we see in First Thessalonians chapter four. Um, I did. Um, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an arch, the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Um, so I guess my question is, um, we it says here, in, I, so I was kind of thinking, you know, where did um, Elijah and Enoch go when the Lord took them? In um, Genesis chapter five and First uh, Kings, I believe it's eleven or twelve. And I first thought of Abraham's bosom, but the only place that I see that is in Luke chapter sixteen, referring to right. um, the beggar which passed away, and then there was a rich man also died and was buried, and in hell. He lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham far off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So, when I read that, I kind of see it as um, referring to Abraham being the father of faith. Um, and those right. that, so, so do you got a you got a question for me? Spiritual brethren. So, I was just wondering if you could kind of elaborate. Um, where did Enoch and um, right Elijah go? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. There's there's some different thoughts, and I think you kind of touched on a lot of it, um, Christopher. Is that um, Elijah went up in a fiery chariot, and and uh, it tells us there in the Old Testament into heaven. 
we do have that parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 16 that you made reference to. And in chapter 16, there's a debate whether it's a parable or actually a story. One of the reasons why some scholars believe that it's not a parable uh, is because uh, there are names given. And in parables that he told uh, consistently in the gospel narratives, there there's no names given. So it, it's a story uh, many scholars believe a true story to where uh, there is Lazarus and the rich man, and they both die, and Lazarus goes to um, Hades. Hades was an over, um, a general term for for that, that chamber in the middle of the earth uh, that included the unrighteous dead and then paradise. That, that was includes the word Hades. Now Hades refers to just that chamber that's now occupied by the unrighteous dead. So um, it is believed, even as Ephesians tells us, that Jesus first um, descended before he ascended, and he, uh, you know, kept captivity, um, you know, preached to captives um, and and told them as Jesus descended, he told the thief on the cross, before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. So we see there as we kind of start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, Christopher, that uh, it seems like that Jesus escorted the, if you would, the thief on the cross down into paradise, that side word, the, um, uh, uh, the side word um, the Abraham's bosom was, that has been emptied now that Jesus died for our sins. Those of the Old Testament look forward to the cross. We look back to the cross, and now Second Corinthians tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So as we look at that, um, again, uh, Jesus would go down. Um, he would say, this is what you've been waiting for. Um, he, um, I'm going to read it to you, um, that he, don't you know what it means? He also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. And he who descended also is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he led captive uh, free. And so that's what Jesus did. So the debate is, um, there are some few scholars that believe that perhaps that that's just a parable that the Old Testament saints went up into heaven. But the reference that you're making to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the resurrection, um, that we're going to get new heavenly bodies, and then the rapture of the church. So the rapture of the church is yet future, that there's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that's kind of the reference. When you go back to John chapter 3, I think is uh, what you're asking about, and let me pull it up here, chapter 3, verse 13, is what you were making reference to, that Jesus here is talking to Nicodemus, and he's talking to him about being born again. And I believe that when he says in verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven, that Jesus at that time, that he is uh, making reference, uh, I believe, to his authority. Um, He's making reference to uh, that, uh, he's making it clear that he can speak authoritatively about things in heaven no one else really can. And He's the one that came down from heaven. So if we put that all together, um, I, I think that um, that's what Jesus was saying in that. First Corinthians 15, 
First Thessalonians chapter 4, speaking of, of the rapture of the church, the resurrection, where we'll get new heavenly bodies in Elijah and Enoch. Did they actually go up into heaven? And that's the debate, or whether down into um, paradise. I, I believe they went down into paradise personally. So good question, good observations. Appreciate your call, and let's continue on. Scott and Severance. Scott, you're on Calvary Live. Good afternoon. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. Absolutely. I was um, with some friends in my life group at church and or at at home, and we got into a discussion about there appears to be many of us Christians, but there appears to be a lot of Christians concerning sin, and when we profess our belief in Jesus Christ, that we, we are Christians and that we are saved, and that Jesus Christ has died for our sins, but yet there seems to be so many people that repeat sins over and over, almost on a weekly, daily basis, without putting much more thought in it. And as you just mentioned about the thief on the cross next to Jesus, he died for him, and he was forgiven and and brought to paradise. So I just have, my question is, is it just seems too simple for some people that Jesus died for us and we go to heaven. Yeah. But but here's the thing, and a lot of people can, Scott, struggle with that, but that's what the Bible declares. The, the Bible declares, and that's what grace is. Do you know the meaning of grace, the definition of grace, Scott? God's goodwill? Yeah, you're kind of close. It's the unmerited favor of God. Um, we didn't merit salvation. And there's a really important, and this is important for us as Christians to understand, and we've been really emphasizing it on Sunday morning here at Calvary Chapel Greeley as we're going through the book of Hebrews, that in chapter 4, Hebrews talks about there's a rest for us to enter into, and that rest is in Jesus. Um, In the Old Testament, there was the Sabbath rest, there was the Canaan rest, and all of this. But the point that the writer of Hebrews is making is is that Jesus is our rest. We know from uh, Matthew chapter 11 that Jesus, he said, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is our rest. And then the author of Hebrews talks about how he's our compassionate, sympathetic, high priest. And he's the captain, or he is the the um, author of our salvation, he completed it. Now, this is what's important, uh, Scott, is that Jesus on that cross cried out, it is finished. And when he said that, he said, it is finished. I've done the work. I've paid the price to provide forgiveness of sin. You, uh, you know, come to me in faith, that he is our salvation, he's the captain of our salvation, brings us into right relationship with the Father. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. And see, there's something in us that just, you know, there's no free lunch, son. That's what we were taught, right, when we grew up? That's kind of what I was taught. So people have a difficult time that the gift of salvation is free, even as Paul writes about in Ephesians chapter 2, that 
um, we need to understand that he's the one that has made us alive and that um, we are not saved by works, uh, even as we know that that's the, the theme throughout uh, all of the New Testament, and that we're saved by faith alone. He makes that uh, emphasis there in the book of Galatians. No man is saved by the works of the law. But we are saved by grace. You have been saved uh, by grace through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, here's where the struggle comes. And I think, Scott, that, um, that this is what you're saying. There are those who say that they're a Christian, but they're living after the world. And just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean that they're a Christian. And that's where James comes in, and he says that faith without works is dead. We're not saved by works, but James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. If we have a living faith in us, there's going to be some evidence in our lives that we are a believer. And Paul gives a warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, don't you know um, that those who are idolaters, fornicators, adulterers, you know, um, drunkards, homosexuals, sodomites, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Paul didn't say if you commit those sins that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says if you continually and habitually do those sins, and, and because what's in your heart is going to be worked out in your life, um, then there's a problem that's there. So that's the thing, Scott, that we need to remember, that when we come to Christ and we give our life to him and ask for forgiveness and surrender our lives to him as Lord and Savior, there's going to be some evident. It doesn't mean that we don't struggle in sin. I, I, you know, we can struggle in sin. And there's some struggles that are, are got a, more of a grip on our hearts than others. But there should be conviction, and there should be a desire to grow in the Lord and to walk with the Lord and um, to, to look to Him. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard issue. God knows who belongs to Him in that saving faith and that living faith that goes on. Um, but some people really don't understand salvation. They don't understand what it really is about. Um, and that's why it's really important that when we get the gospel— I give opportunity for people to come to the gospel after every service because I don't want people to think that they are saved because they came to a Bible study. I want them to know that there's a call to repentance, to turn to Jesus. He is your salvation. He did the work on the cross. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. But what we are to do is come and surrender our lives to him. And and then we are born again by the Spirit of God, and he gives us the Holy Spirit so we can live after him. And um, and that we can live a life after him. And um, then there's that process of sanctification of God working in our lives and growing in our lives. But there are some people that say, I'm a Christian, and they have no idea really what it means to be a Christian. Uh, they, they've never heard clearly the gospel, or they think they're a Christian because they got baptized in a church, or I belong to the church, or my parents were Christians, or I was raised in a Christian home. We know that none of those things make us Christians. So that's where I think maybe you're kind of struggling a little bit, Scott. But we're saved by faith alone. That's a wonderful thing. That's the wonderful, incredible grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not of us. We can't boast in our salvation. 
Um, but then he goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 2, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And we are to live for him and to pursue holiness and righteousness. Does that help you out? That that answers a lot. I greatly appreciate your answers. And yeah. uh, I just wanted to ask if you would give me a little prayer blessing to grow, grow my strength and absolutely to be able to follow the Lord. Absolutely. Father, I thank you for Scott calling from Severance uh, up here in Weld County. And I just pray that you would bless him, that you'd strengthen him, help him to continue to just grow in your word and to to have more of an understanding of your incredible grace that Jesus did the work on Calvary's cross. And that, Lord, that he would enjoy that and that he would just walk in your love. And, Lord, encourage those that perhaps— are struggling in sin, because we can struggle in sin, and we know that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but also to be able to to be, as Paul said, examine ourselves to see if we really are in the faith and, and just encourage others that he sees and to pray for them and, and be a blessing. Strengthen uh, my brother Scott, be with him, bless him as he walks with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. You have a wonderful day. You too, Scott. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Good question you asked. All right, when somebody hangs up, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. See, that's the thing, is that the Lord knows who belongs to him. And Paul would say to the Corinthians, examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. And sometimes people will say, well, I'm a Christian. And you can ask them, well, what does that mean? And uh, you can kind of get a good idea by the, how they answer if they really know the gospel. Uh, the gospel is um, wonderful. It's good news to turn to Jesus, um, to receive forgiveness, uh, to turn away from the world, and to surrender our lives to him. And there needs to be a good understanding for people for that. Let's go to Liz in Denver. Liz? Liz in Denver? Liz, are you there? Hello? Is this Liz? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm an anonymous caller. Okay, from Colorado Springs. Okay. All right. You're on Calvary yes, Live. Sir. What can we do for you? Oh, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for your service to all of us, and I really enjoy your program and how it ministers to my life and my family and, and friends. I really appreciate well, it. I'm glad it's a blessing, and, and we pray that we can continue to be a blessing. And, you know, that's one of the things that we really want, the, the um, not just to answer questions, but to really encourage people and bless people. It Really, I see it as a ministry, so I appreciate uh, your comments and, and that that's happening with you and your family. So can we pray for you? Can I answer any question uh, that you have today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, I have a good friend of our, our family, and uh, she goes to our church, her and her family does, and I was just informed by my wife this weekend um, that she's battling with suicidal thoughts, and so she actually went and talked to a pastor at our church, and I found out that the pastor basically told her, I don't know all what was said, but the pastor told her that he was going to report her to the authorities. And I don't know, she she didn't come to church with us this weekend. I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed in his response. Again, I don't know all what was said. 
Um, she's not a violent person at all, but she went there for help, and it almost seems like she kind of was uh, turned away. And I was just wondering how the best way to handle uh, ministering to her would, would be in, with her coming to you, say, with thoughts of, of suicide. Well, you know, that happens more and more, and there are those who are seeking help, and that's a good sign that they are seeking help. But one of the things that I, you know, I, I would make sure for that individual is, um, because the pastor does have some responsibility, um, is a little bit different than when there's an abuse case or something like that where the authorities have to be called in. But I think that um, in every case is different. But there has to be uh, a notifying of the family, um, if somebody knows, to make sure that um, there's that connection. And if it's really severe or something, um, to be able to get them in a place where they can be watched, uh, to make that call, to don't be afraid to to make that, um, you know, suggestion to them. So that's kind of where you're at. And um, there are those who, who come and say, you know, I've had suicidal thoughts. You know, I know it's wrong. We can pray with them. We can minister them. We can counsel them. But we want to make sure that um, somebody else knows about it, you know, of course, with their permission uh, to be able to support them and um, to be able to tell them that this is who you call if you need help and just to have those resources available for them. Okay. Okay. So when you say report to the authorities, I'm not sure exactly what that means. Um, but, you know, people do have that. They, they struggle. They just struggle with those things. And that's why it's important that we're available for them to pray with them and to help them. And, um, and, and, and like I said, every case is different. But to, to really encourage them to, hey, you know, there's family that's there to support. Because one of the things about when somebody does commit suicide is what I hear over and over again, and I've done funerals for those who have committed suicide, uh, is that we didn't know. Uh, we didn't know that they were going through this. That's not in every case, but a lot of cases, that it ended up being surprise. And uh, and so we want to make sure that every resource is available, and to especially through prayer and through support, and um, and and through family support, if they have that, and um, to have those resources that they can go to as much as we can. Okay. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, that helps. I. Um, it's it's you know, a again, hard it's situation. Safe because I I just don't know what what she said uh, exactly. Right. She she does have kids. You know, she's got a couple kids. She wouldn't hurt them. I, I know she wouldn't hurt them. It's just more about her, herself and, and her life and in her mind. And I, I believe, obviously, we live in a spiritual battle, and she is probably going through that just like all of us. And, um, you know, I know she, she needs prayer, uh, if you don't mind praying for her and her family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and here's the other thing you need to remember. you You don't know the full context of the discussion that she had with the pastor. And when that discussion takes place, there's confidentiality that is involved in that. And so, you know, if there was something said that prompted that more action needed to be taken or not, you don't know. So, 
um, you know, it's, it's again, that conversation that takes place uh, between a pastor and somebody that they're trying to help. And uh, so, um, you know, you don't know exactly what was said, but, you know, to, to be there for this individual, for you to pray for them and be a support to them, I think is going to be a real key as well. Okay. Hey, let's pray. Okay. Father, we pray for this individual. You know who it is, is really struggling with suicidal thoughts. It just, a a, a hopelessness and, um, being overwhelmed and downcast, I pray that you would minister to her, that you would help her to understand there's a reason to live. There's always a reason to live. So, Lord, I lift her up to you. I pray you bring healing to her mentally um, in every way and uh, spiritually. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for your call. We'll We'll keep praying. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome you back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Fix from Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am here uh, taking your questions and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000 to be on the program and then there is a dedicated text line at 720-336-0897. I think we got Liz back from Denver. Liz? Hi. Liz, are, Hi, Pastor how Pat. are you? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What can we okay, do for so you? I, so I have a question, or I need some advice, I guess you could say. Um, I have a son. My youngest son is 26 years old. Um. He's very successful, you know, career man, this and that, young, no kids, no nothing, but he's living your typical young man life, you know, in the fact that he continues to go out to drink to the point of getting, falling over drunk, and Uh continuously just sleeps with random girls here and there. And I've tried talking to him about it, and I've tried telling him, you know, that's not right. The Bible says, you know, you shouldn't do that if you want to drink and socialize, you know, because of your job. You know, that's okay, but don't do it to the point where you're getting falling over drunk, to where you're getting hangovers every weekend. Right. I said, and if you're not going to commit to any girl, then don't do that to them, because you're... You're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting them. And I'm at a loss already, Pastor Jeff. I I don't know what else to to say to him. I don't know how else to, you know, make him understand. And this morning, you know, I was, because I listened to Calvary or to Grace FM all day, and, and I heard, I can't remember who it was, um, I think it was Pastor Dave, Dave Love, or one of them, early in the morning. The verse where it says, open rebuke is better than silent love. Uh-huh. And that really, like, stirred up a lot of conviction in my heart. Right. 
So I don't know what to do. I know, Liz, because you're a brokenhearted mother. You know, when you were talking to me, it reminded me so much of Luke chapter 15 of another parent that was brokenhearted, and that was the father. And his son came to him and said, I want the goods. I want the goods. And it says that he went away to a far place. He wasted his possessions with prodigal living. That word prodigal means wasteful living. And when he had spent all there arose a famine in the land. And and the father, here's the thing. You you read that story, there's three people. There's a father that's brokenhearted. There's the older uh, brother who's angry. And yeah. he hears about what's going on with the younger. The younger goes, and he's doing the same thing. He's partying. Um, he's... he's um, living in a, a sinful lifestyle and all of this, the older brother is angry. And he says, I've heard, um, you know, Father, um, haven't you heard what he's done? Um, mm-hmm. And you know that he was really involved in sin because there was no social media at that time. It wasn't yeah. like the father pulled him up on Facebook and saw him partying and stuff. Word got back from a far country to him that he was living in this way, wasteful living, and it broke the Father's heart just as your heart is broken. So the key for you, Liz, yes, you can bring correction. You can give him the Word of God. But here's the thing. You need to pray for his heart because there's going to be a time when famine's going to come into his life, just like it did in that younger son, that pretty soon something's going to happen to where, because the Lord will chase us down. And as you pray, and as you pray, and as you pray, asking the Lord to just bring him to that place of brokenness, to to where he'll realize that what he's doing is wasting his life, because being successful isn't how much money you have or how many women that you have relationships with. That's the definition the world gives, and that's what he's in the world, and he's blinded right now. So you pray as a brokenhearted mother that, Lord, take the blindfold away from him. He's blinded right now by the enemy. He's blinded by the world. Soften his heart. Draw him to yourself. And you know what? That prodigal son came back. And one of the things that I always tell parents, don't stop praying. Keep praying. And you know what? I think I think that the father went to the edge of the road there every single day looking for his son to come back. And I think you know, he and looked. I, and I told and him I, this last time. I said, you know what? Son, I said, I, I told you this. You know this. You know what the Word of God says. I said, you know. Right. I said, so now, I said, because you know all that, now I'm just going to tell you, I said, that I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit brings conviction upon your heart. I said, yeah. for every time that you do that, that it's going to be a conviction. It's going to make you sick to your stomach. I said, and not a not a like a hangover type of sick. It's going to make you sick to your gut of how much, how bad you're going to feel. And he, I guess in a good way, in a good sense, they know my prayers. God does listen to my prayers because He's like, Mom, don't do that. Don't do that, Mom. <laughs> I tell you what, there's nothing more powerful than a praying mother 
and uh, loves her son. And you know what? You keep telling him that the Lord wants so much more for you, son, that the world is going to wipe you out and do you in, and you're going to be defeated, and you're going to be discouraged, and you're going to find that you're being cheated and robbed. And that's what the Scripture says. It's the abundant life of living after Christ. And you see, a lot of people think that being a Christian means restriction, that that I have a boring life, that it's dull. Um, and you see, that's the lie of the enemy. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly, and the world holds us in bondage. And there's going to be a time where he realizes that I am in bondage, uh, um, you know, in this this famine that came to the prodigal son, and and you keep praying for that, that he, his eyes are opened up, and to come back and to be uh, continuing to pray and give him the Word of God and the goodness of God and allow the Lord to do that work in his heart, but don't stop praying. That's first of all. Yeah. And trust that the Lord is going to bring that conviction because the Lord's a lot better at doing that, the Holy Spirit, than we ourselves and um, and that's what we're going to do right now, Liz. We're going to pray for your son, yeah. and we're going to pray for you, and you don't stop praying. And that father went to I the know. end of the road every day looking for his son, and one day he came back, and the father ran out to meet him. And I'm yeah. going to pray that your son's going to come back, and he's going to realize that what the world has to offer is is going to you know, it's it's going to rip him off. He's being ripped off. He doesn't understand yeah. that. And um, right. and what I p- pray is that he sees the goodness of the Lord in your life and, um, and that a Christian comes into his life at work or whatever. There's all kinds of ways that the Lord can work in softening his heart. So, Father, I just pray, first of all, for Liz. I, I hear a brokenhearted mom that's praying for her son, that the world may look at him and say he's successful, but Lord, we know what the true definition of success is and being prosperous, and that is one who is walking with you. And and even as uh, we know the Word of God declares that over and over and over again, um, that even the psalmist writes, as we open up the Psalms, that wonderful book, that we're not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scornful, but our delight is in you, Lord, and the one who meditates on you day and night. That's the one that's going to be planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its seasons and that's going to be refreshed and prosper. But, Lord, I pray that that would come to her son, that he would understand that, that he would turn away convict his heart, draw him to yourself, Lord. And um, you're the one that chastens your children because you love us. And I pray for Liz that you give her the words to speak to her son, that you give her strength, that you give her the comfort that she needs. And we just pray that you would work in every way in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. You bet. Liz, keep me updated. If I if will. we just if we just keep praying, and I'm going to be praying for you and for your son, and um, we're going to watch and see what the Lord does. There's listen. There's always hope in Jesus. Always hope in Jesus. Yes, yes. Amen. That I know. Amen. Okay. I agree with you. God bless Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you for calling. Bye. 
Maybe you have a prayer request. You know, we have sons and daughters and those that we love and care about and friends, coworkers that are struggling and, and keep praying for them. Keep lifting them up to the Lord. Keep telling them of the goodness of the Lord. And uh, we need to intercede on behalf of people in that way. Let's go to Kia in Denver. Kia? Hi. Kia? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for holding. Yeah, no problem. So, um, I just had a general question. So, I just first want to start out and just say, like, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Um, I'm also in a season of waiting. Like, I've been kind of in this season for a while now. And I know that God speaks to um, all of us differently. Um, and, it, like, he has his own ways of getting our attention. But I've noticed that over the years I've kind of been drawn to, like, seeing repeating numbers. And I, you know, I don't believe in numerology or anything like that. But I'm just, like, just curious as to what that might mean. And I know that, you know, like, God doesn't, he tells us not to look for, like, signs and wonders and things like that but um i just kind of notice i feel like when i'm really feeling my um just like sitting in my season of waiting like you know i am waiting to hear from god and wanting to hear answers and stuff from him but um sometimes i'll like look over and i'll see like uh double like just repeating numbers and so i kind of looked into it a little bit and i went on gotquestions.org earlier and it said something like you know there's nothing in the bible that says anything about um, numbers and there's no like significance in numbers or anything like that and it like talks about like spirit guides and how that could be like um, evil spirits and stuff like that so I'm just curious like what does it what could that mean like I know you like well, like I said God yeah. everyone differently but yeah and you know you uh, Kia he talks about and we just might put you just on hold a little bit we're getting a little bit of feedback but I'll come back to you Kia because you're okay. asking a good question that uh, there you go that's a lot better but you're okay, asking sorry, a question yeah. that a lot of people no you're good a lot of people ask about that is about numbers and numerology mm-hmm. we do see some um in scripture like 7 is the number of completion or um you know we have 6 is the uh number of man things like that mm-hmm. but but sometimes we do have numbers that play a role but there are those who get into numerology and they get into all kinds of stuff and, and repeating numbers. And it means this, and, and they'll carry that into their teaching to where, you know, we're going to, you know, have this number and this is what it means. And Mm -hmm. it gets complicated and, and confusing and all of this. So there, there are numbers that have significance, you know, that are in the scriptures, but mm-hmm. this is what I always encourage people, even with Bible codes, you know, that sometimes kind of goes a little bit along with numerology. Uh, there are those who get into Bible codes that if you take this number, this um, letter out of, you know, um, this number every fifth letter or every fifth word or whatever, and there's this code or something that's there. Here's what I want to remind you. There's enough in the Bible for you to clearly understand. And for him to speak to you about. Now, I'm not saying that there can't be, you know, um, if there's a number that keeps coming to you or something, to ask the Lord for understanding. 
Um, but for the most part, the Lord's going to speak to you through his word. Yeah. And that's where your focus really needs to be. There's mm-hmm. enough in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation for us to understand. Mm-hmm. And um, But if he's speaking to you like a, a number that comes up or something, Lord, give me understanding. But waiting on the Lord can be a hard thing. Yeah. And But it's an important thing, Kia, in our lives, in our Christian lives, especially as we live in a world that's an instant world. Mm-hmm. Um, we want things happening right away. We want understanding. Um, and the Lord says, wait. And matter of fact, I was just reading this psalm right before we went on of David that says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he'll show strength in your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, that's for you as you're waiting on the Lord to take that and be encouraged by it, that, Lord, um, strengthen my heart as I wait for you. And in Isaiah chapter 30 is another uh, portion of Scripture that talks about waiting on the Lord. And as we wait on that, that's our confidence and our strength, and that he'll be gracious for those who wait on him. So the Lord's going to speak to you primarily through the Word of God. And then, you know, anything else, I I wouldn't put a whole lot on numerology, um, but if he's showing you something over and over again, ask for understanding, and, um, you know, but other than that, be in the Word of God. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. But there's some people that really take it far and everything's numerology and repeated mm-hmm. over and over again. And I've had people call and because of these numbers, maybe, you know, I'll buy a lotto ticket or something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But but just keep it in perspective. You have the yeah. word of God. And um, and as you do Bible study, some of that some of that may came, come in, you know, mm-hmm. and um, but hopefully that helps. But the Lord yeah, is going to bless you and strengthen you as you wait on him. Yeah, just wait on him. And mm-hmm. um, he answers prayers. He says yes. It's wonderful mm-hmm. when he says yes right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he says no. And it's wonderful mm-hmm. when he says no because it's probably not good for us. Or he has yeah. something better. The hard one yeah. is when he says wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait on and me. And that's kind of what I feel like he's telling me right now is just wait. Like I haven't gotten a solid yes or a solid no, like, in the direction mm. of, like, you know, what I'm waiting for. So I think that's what just kind of makes it a little, like, yeah. it, it, it's harder, you know. I'm just like, okay, well, how long do I wait? What do I do right now? And, you know, obviously, you like, wait. I stay rooted in the Word and, um, yeah, just wait for Amen. Him. Yeah. You wait on Him. And you know what? Key, I'm an old guy. And there's been times where I've had to wait on the Lord. And I so appreciate more and more waiting on the Lord because I know that he's showing me things that I need to be shown. He's working behind the scenes that we don't know. He, he's just, he's, just um, he's doing a work. It, it, it doesn't mean that he's ignoring us. It doesn't mean that uh, he doesn't care about us, but he wants us to wait. And what it does is it causes us to persevere, to grow in faith, even as James chapter 1 says and um, that endurance and waiting on the Lord and to see his goodness and his faithfulness. So waiting on the Lord is not a bad place. And then when he answers you, he'll answer through your word, uh, through the word of God. He'll give you a peace that rules in your heart. Um, Mm -hmm. That word rule means he makes the call. 
and you'll just have that peace, whether to step out in faith. Um, he'll be a voice behind you. Isaiah chapter 30 is a good chapter for you to read, that he'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Go to the right, go to the left, as you wait on him. Go to him and keep going to him, Kia. You know, it was nice today, wasn't it? Wasn't it nice to see the sun? Yeah, it's nice. (laughs) When we get into this warm weather, I would encourage you, take your Bible, take a pen, you know, and a pad, and say, Lord, I'm waiting on you. And just read your Bible and just the things that the Lord's pressing on you and say, Lord, I'm going to you for counsel. And you mm-hmm. promise through your word that as I go to you, then in quietness will be my strength. And as I wait on you, it's going to be um, that you're going to show grace to me and you're going to strengthen my heart. And you mm-hmm. will find that he will do that. All right? Thank you. Do you mind praying for me just while I'm waiting? I'd love to. Father, I pray for my sister who's waiting on you. And as a Christian, sometimes it can be hard to wait. It can be difficult, and we wait. But, Lord, I know you're working behind the scenes. And I pray for Kia. She is waiting on you, that you would just bless her, that you would encourage her, that you would strengthen her heart, and that she's waiting for that time where you promise that you will be a voice behind her saying, this is the way, walk in it. That, Lord, that as she goes through the patience and endurance, that you would grow her faith, knowing that you're going to be faithful and that you're going to see her through and that you're working in her life in every way. And I just pray that you would show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Hey, give me a call back. Let me know how it goes, okay? I will. Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling. All right. Let's go to James in Boulder. James? Hi, good afternoon. How are you, James? I'm doing great. The sun's out. It's not snowing, so I can't complain. Oh, man, isn't <laughs> it nice? Last week it was is. like, oh, bummer week as far as weather. Absolutely. It's too, uh, way too cold. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had a quick question for you. I, uh, so I, I got this guy I see every day, and uh, I, I go into the store to buy a single cigarette, and uh, it, it helps me quit because right, right now I'm in the process of quitting, and so I'll, I'll stop in this, uh, this uh, gas station, um, and uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman there. He's, uh, he's Muslim, um, but I, I've known his family since I've... Uh, I've, I've went to high school and so I, but I've never like really asked them too many questions about, uh, you know, the Quran or, or, or what their belief system is. Um, and, and, it, and it struck me the other day, um, one, uh, the gen, one of the gentlemen, uh, of the, uh, of the shop, uh, he handed me a Quran. And so, so I was reading it and I, you know, he told me, you know, look into this and, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of anxious. I'm, you know, I don't really read the Quran, but I, right. I you know, I, t- I took it. I, I was like, all right, well, let me see what this is about. And, uh, oh man, it just, it just threw me off. Um, you know, um, and, and, and every day I've seen, you know, seen him since it's just, uh, 
uh, caused debate between me and him. Right. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you know, I, it, it was hard for me to, you know, wrap my head around because, you know, they, uh, he believes that uh, Muhammad was the last prophet instead of Jesus Christ. Right. And that, right. that, yeah. that completely threw me off. I mean that yeah. that right there, yeah. But you know, and I, and, and then I went to ask him why did he believe that? Uh, what made him for sure? You know, where where did he get that from? And um, he told me, you know, he looked me in the eye, and he didn't even, you know, uh, quote a verse from the Quran or anything. He just said, you know, um, you know that they, uh, they, they they have a hard time believing that God. Um, you know that Jesus is is, is you know um, was created uh, and uh, by God you know and sent down here and he had died for right. our, our, our sin. They 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 just don't believe that God could be man. And, right. and So I was trying trying to explain to him that you know on why that was. Um, and uh, so we, you know it's it was it was really hard trying to convey that that message right there. Um, and so I kind of, you know, uh, and something told me, uh, you know, I was, I, I had turned on your station and, and something told me to don't, don't, um, don't, I, you know, don't, don't pry into it too much, you know, right. don't, uh, he, he, don't push it on him too th- much. Yeah. Here's the thing, James, because he's telling you what, um, his and, faith uh, and, is. Well, could, could, could I, could I, could I, could I just wanted to add one thing and, and, and sure. you, you mentioned ahead. it, you mentioned it earlier when I, when I called in, you were. You were talking with uh, a gentleman, I believe, and you, and um, it came down to being unequally yoked. And and the funny thing is, I never really opened the Bible besides um, the story. And um, so yesterday, I you know I was like, hey God, you know, show me something. You know, I just picked up the Bible and I went to a random page and said, and it said um, it was so weird, man, because it. It, uh, it went to a verse that said um, just what you were saying, you know, don't hang around with anybody who's unequally yoked like that. You know, don't even talk to them. And it, it well, said even, don't even give them a nod. Yeah. Here's here's where you're at, James. The the Not to be unequally yoked, Second Corinthians chapter 6, I, I think just kind of set that aside for a moment because that um, is a little bit different application. Right now, you're the only Christian that perhaps this this Muslim man has. And so what he's doing is sharing his faith. And so any conversation that you might have with him, you know, they have a hard time. They don't believe God can be begotten, you know. Um, the idea that Jesus is God's son um, is, is something that they don't believe in. Um, and they believe in Jesus, but Jesus was just a prophet. And they believe Muhammad was even greater than Jesus. But here's the thing, James, that as you share your faith, make it really simple for him to understand. Because what makes Christianity unique over any other religion, Islam, Buddha, um, Hinduism, any other religion is this, that Muhammad, Confucius, Buddha are all in their tomb and there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. So point him to the cross, because there's power in the cross, and point him to the empty tomb in Jerusalem. 
And that's what even young people here, they want to know what makes you guys unique Christianity in the Bible. And it is that Jesus rose from the grave and he conquered sin and death and he proved he's the son of God. And Muhammad didn't die for their sins. Jesus died for their sins. He went to the cross and said, it is finished. He'll take them back to the cross, take them to the empty tomb. There's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. And he's the one that rose from the grave. No one else did that. And then you keep praying and keep taking them to the cross, keep taking them to the cross, keep taking them and what makes Christianity unique. And plus, you can then go from there on other discussions. Um, but, you know, Billy Graham passed away last week, went home to be with the Lord. And I was reading how Greg Laurie asked him, what would you emphasize if you were younger? And Billy Graham said, I would emphasize the cross because there's power in the cross. You give him the cross of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the fact that he rose from the grave. So, Father, thank you for James Collin and his willingness to converse with this one that is a Muslim, but I pray that that he would take him to the cross of Jesus, that he would take him to um, the empty tomb, the fact that Jesus came to this world, uh, the second person uh, in the Godhead Trinity, uh, the Son of God who came and died for our sins, and he rose again, and he validated what he did on the cross and dying for sinful humanity, and he sits at the right hand of the Father now. So I pray that he would get that message across. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks. We had a great show. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.